Hello, everybody. This is Unwatchable, and I am your host, Chloe Rodriguez. Today, we are going to be doing a continuation of our series, When It Became Unwatchable. This is the series where I go through a show, I talk about how it started, I talk about kind of season by season what the best parts of that show were, and then finally, we pinpoint the moment where that show became unwatchable. If you guys have heard this series before, then you know I have a theory that there are two points of decline in a show. Uh, the first one being where there is a big tonal shift. Uh, a lot of people would refer to this as jumping the shark. When the show starts to get a little bit long in the tooth, maybe it's not as great as it once was. But just because you reach that point in a show doesn't mean that it has become unwatchable. No, there are certain shows that go on so far past this initial point of decline that they end up hitting a second point of decline, and that is the point where the show becomes unwatchable. So today, I am going to be talking about the nine-season-long running series, How I Met Your Mother. We're going to be going through all nine seasons of the show. I'm going to pinpoint the moment that I believe it started to dip in quality, and then I am going to pinpoint the moment that How I Met Your Mother became unwatchable. Uh, I, I really love doing these. I always make the disclaimer that uh, I tend to focus on shows that I actually do really love. Uh, to make these episodes, I sit down and I watch the entire series uh, a, a lot of times for the third or fourth time even, uh, all the way through, um, just so that I can really know what I'm talking about. And How I Met Your Mother is a show that I have been watching religiously since high school, so I have a lot of thoughts about it. Uh, I'm not saying that the show is bad overall, but we will definitely be getting into some moments that I think uh, really leave a sour taste in your mouth when you think of How I Met Your Mother. So thank you so much for joining me today on this special series. Let's go ahead and jump into it with the conception and first season of How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother was created for CBS by Craig Thomas and Carter Bays. The two of them had previously worked for David Letterman. And the concept for the show was loosely based off of Bayes and Thomas's experiences living in New York in their 20s and 30s. Uh, even the characters of Marshall and Lily are said to be based off of Thomas and his wife, Rebecca, who only agreed to have a character based off of her if she could be played by Allison Hannigan. Uh, Allison Hannigan was pretty famous for her roles in the American Pie films, and notably as Willow in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which uh, Craig Thomas and Carter Bays were said to be huge fans of. It's also said that a big inspiration for Ted was Carter Bays himself and his experience having his best friend, Craig Thomas, uh, be in a loving, committed marriage, while Carter Bays was still struggling to find the person for him. Now, those familiar with the show will be very familiar with the set of McLarens. McLarens is the bar where all of the main characters meet. It's kind of their central perk where they have a lot of their big group scenes and conversations. McLarens is actually based off of an amalgamation of four different bars that, uh, Thomas and Bayes frequented in their life as a late night show 
writer. Uh, these bars include McGee's, McHale's, Chumley's, and Fez, and they can all be found throughout New York City. They kind of combined the four uh, to make McLaren's. I think it's very important to note that the first episode of How I Met Your Mother premiered on September 19th of 2005. This was only about a year and a half after the last episode of Friends aired in May of 2004. Uh, I think it's very important to know this because How I Met Your Mother is often compared to Friends under the idea that, you know, it's about people in their 20s and 30s who, you know, kind of have these will-they-won't-they romances with one another. They have one big place that they often frequent. In Friends, it's obviously Central Perk. In How I Met Your Mother, it's McLaren's Bar. Um, And especially the fact that How I Met Your Mother premiered in such close proximity to Friends' 10-year reign uh, really shows why people like to pick out similarities between these shows. However, the premise of How I Met Your Mother did add a little bit of an experimental twist onto this traditional Friends-type synopsis. Uh, For example, the main structure of the show centralizes on future Ted, voiced by Bob Saget, sitting his children down and telling them the story of how he met their mother. He's sitting them down in the year 2030, and instead of having it be a a very short and simple answer, he is taking them all the way back to the start of the series in 2005. And this adds a little bit of a layer of experimentation onto the premise of How I Met Your Mother, because there is a lot of time jumping. There is a lot of playing around with narration. There's an element of mystery because throughout the series, while Ted is dating different women, uh, fans were often guessing which of these women would actually turn out to be the mother. We didn't even know the mother's name. So while Friends was much more of a straightforward, linear narrative, uh, you have How I Met Your Mother that is able to really play around with the premise a little bit more, and in that case its humor tends to be a little bit more uh, irreverent and borderline absurdist at times. Now, focusing specifically on the first season, uh, the show premieres with Ted Mosby, aged 27. Uh, He is, of course, played by Josh Radner. Uh, Ted, throughout the series, is a hopeless romantic, but as the series goes on, he also displays himself to be very uh, pretentious, sometimes almost pompous, extremely uh, nerdy, and loves things like the Renaissance Fair and reading encyclopedias, which he does pronounce as encyclopedias. Joining him, we have his best friend, Marshall Erickson, played by Jason Siegel. Uh, Marshall Erickson is an environmentalist. When the show starts out, he is studying at Columbia Law to become an environmental lawyer. But the backstory is that he and Ted met when they attended Wesleyan together and were roommates. Marshall is uh, very much like an innocent, sweet, small-town Minnesota boy, very, very supportive of his friends, and he's often looked at as the moral compass of the show. His fiancée and later wife is played by Allison Hannigan. Uh, This is Lily Aldrin. Uh, Lily is a kindergarten teacher slash artist. She is 
kind of the busy body of the group. She always gives advice that nobody asked for. She's always ready to meddle in other people's business. But the annoying thing is that she is usually right. Barney Stinson is played by Neil Patrick Harris. He is the womanizer, uh, I would say borderline sociopath, but uh, I don't even know if it's, if it's a borderline. This man will lie and cheat and do anything to get to the top. Uh, he'll do anything to get laid. He's a total Slytherin. Uh, however, the nice thing about Barney is that they do give him some layers in episodes, you do get to see that he really, really, truly does love his friends. He does have a very sad backstory. He never knew his father. He had a very complicated childhood. And so you really do get some glimpses into the more human side of Barney when he's not tricking women into bed. And then finally, a character that everybody meets in the pilot is Robin Sherbatsky, played by Kobe Smulders. Uh, Robin is a career-driven, ambitious woman. She is a reporter for Metro News One. Throughout the series, we see her time and time again choose her career over her friends and her romantic relationships. She is a, a focused person. Uh, she's also a very cool, calm, and collected person for the most part. She loves guns. She loves a good scotch. She is very beautiful, but she doesn't really seem to need a romantic interest in order to feel secure in herself. Now, the interesting thing about the pilot episode is that because we don't know the name of the mother, we are led to believe that Robin is the mother. Uh, we get this scene where uh, Ted finds out that Marshall is about to propose to Lily. He's about to watch his best friend get married, and he realizes that he is nowhere close to being in the same position. And he really starts to open himself up to the idea of meeting the one. This is going to kickstart the entire series. Um, so they're in the bar, and he looks across the crowded bar, and he makes eye contact with Robin. And it, we're meant to believe in that instant that it's love at first sight. Uh, they go on a date, everything goes smoothly, and Ted makes the mistake of telling her that he's in love with her on the first date. Obviously, this kills their romantic prospects, but for the rest of the first season, we get to see as their friendship develops, and we get to see as he tries to fight his feelings for Robin, as her feelings start to grow for him. Um, at the end of that first episode, we're meant to believe that he's going to say, that's how I met your mother, and that the rest of the series is going to be, you know, about him developing that relationship with said mother. Uh, but it's revealed, no, this is how I met your aunt Robin. And that's a great summation of the main conflict throughout the series because throughout all nine seasons, we're always led to believe that there is a possibility of Robin and Ted getting together, but we know that they won't because we know that she's like, we already know that she's not the mother and they just keep stacking the deck against them. But there's undeniably something between them and Ted is always willing to go back to Robin. He is always deeply invested in her, deeply in love with her, and we're going to see that carry throughout the show. I feel like season one of How I Met Your Mother is the most uh, classic rom-com-y, if that makes sense. It's the most classic rom-com season that we get from the show. Um, we see in episodes like 
Purple Giraffe, where Ted constantly throws these parties just for the purpose of getting Robin to his apartment. In episode four, we get Return of the Shirt, uh, where Ted realizes that hmm, maybe the one is somebody who I've already met. And he goes back to a woman that he dated previously because he's determined to make it work. And he realizes that they broke up for a reason. I actually really love this episode. It's possibly my favorite one in the first season. This is the one where he uh, <laughs> he broke up with this girl on her birthday. And so he spends the entire episode trying to win her back and get another chance and make up for the fact that he dumped her on her birthday only to, again, dump her on her birthday. Uh, and then she kicks the shit out of him because she's really good at Krav Maga. Uh, I love this episode, and it's only the fourth episode. Um, I feel like a lot of times a first season can take a while to pick up, and the thing that I like about How I Met Your Mother is it is very charming right off the bat. There's a lot of scenes of these friends sitting around at the bar and genuinely acting like friends, giving each other shit, you know, making fun of one another. That's how you act when you're with a group of people that you love. We're introduced to the slutty pumpkin in this season. Uh, episode 6, the slutty pumpkin. We're introduced to the fact that Ted met this cute pumpkin at a Halloween party one year, and ever since then, he goes back to the same Halloween party in the same costume, hoping that he'll meet that girl again. We get the pineapple incident in episode 10, where Ted wakes up after this drunken blackout night and there's a pineapple in their apartment for no reason and they're all trying to piece together what happened that night and no one knows how the fuck they ended up with a pineapple. We meet a hugely important character this season in episode 13. Drum roll please. We meet Ted's love interest Victoria played by Ashley Williams. She pops up throughout the series and she is widely considered to be one of Ted's all-time best girlfriends. I actually did a poll on my Instagram stories to see what the general consensus was from the public, and uh, I asked everyone who they thought Ted's best girlfriend was, and a lot of people voted for Victoria. I think she won, overwhelmingly so. I think that this kind of instigates a nice little shift in the first season where Ted is a little bit less obsessive with Robin. Uh, he meets somebody else. He starts going out with Victoria. Victoria is super funny. She's super self-assured. She's an incredible baker. And she really kind of sees through a lot of Ted's bullshit. And I think she has a very good ability to read Ted that we see throughout the series. And then, of course, during this time, kind of to add fuel to the will-they-won't-they they thing, uh, Robin starts to get feelings for Ted after he's moved on. Uh, so it is a whole back-and-forth thing. But meanwhile, we're also getting this really interesting storyline between Marshall and Lily. You know, when we're kind of introduced to them at the beginning, they're getting engaged. We see kind of how long they've been together. They've been together since college. They met their freshman year. Like, they have always been a solid unit. And at the end of this season, in episode 21, Milk, we realize that Lily is having some doubts about her wedding with Marshall. 
She applies for an art fellowship program in San Francisco, and this is really where we start to see their relationship unravel until she ultimately leaves him at the very end of season one in the episode Come On. Uh, She decides to figure out who she is outside of the relationship, and she cancels the wedding with Marshall, and she moves out to San Francisco, and as heartbreaking as it is, I also kind of love this episode. I'm a huge sucker for Marshall and Lily. They are my favorite part of probably How I Met Your Mother as a whole. And I really think it's interesting that the writers chose to explore this dynamic of, you know, when you get with somebody when you're 18 and you're so young and you've kind of just always been thought of as this unit and you haven't really dated anybody else, how that kind of affects your self-identity. Of course, while all of this is happening, uh, Ted and Victoria go long distance. Ted tries to cheat on Victoria with Robin. Victoria finds out. Robin finds out. Both people hate him. He really has to suck up. And uh, as the episodes go on, he and Robin finally forgive each other and come together. So while Lily is leaving Marshall to go to San Francisco, Ted and Robin are finally coming together at the end of season one. So you kind of get this like parallel line of of relationships that you you don't think is ever going to happen. You think that Marshall and Lily will be together forever and that uh, Robin and Ted are unfixable and they really kind of subvert these expectations. I promise I'll be a little bit quicker going through uh, some of these other seasons, but I just think that season one is so important because you're really getting introduced to the tone of the show. Uh, But I, I will power through some of these other seasons a little bit more so that we can get to that initial point of decline. Now, season two is one of my all-time favorite seasons from How I Met Your Mother. Uh, Quite possibly is my favorite season of How I Met Your Mother. It's kind of hard for me to pick between the second and the third. Um, The thing that I love about this season is while we still do get that rom-com element to it, I feel like they dial down the, like, phantasmical over-the-top rom-com aspect of it and really turn up, like, the relational comedy. You're really seeing the characters kind of interact with each other more, and I think we just get a better understanding of these characters' personalities more in the second season, because the first is very, very focused on Ted and Robin, uh, and I think that the second season gives everyone a little bit more of a chance to shine. The opening episode to season two, Where Were We?, is quite possibly my favorite episode of the whole series. I just love this episode so much. If I had to guess, it's because it's a Marshall-centric episode, and Marshall, as you will see, uh, is my favorite character on the show. I am obsessed with Marshall, I'm in love with Marshall, and uh, I will not stop talking about Marshall. Uh, But this is an episode that deals with the fallout of Lily and Marshall's breakup from Marshall's perspective and kind of deals with uh, Robin and Ted getting together as a couple, but kind of being cock-blocked by Marshall's uh, sadness and devastation, and having to kind of figure out a way to get him through this breakup with Lily. Uh, I just think this episode is so funny, so sad, but also has like a really nice ending. I love at the end of this episode where, you know, Ted talks about 
you can give someone tough love and you can try to talk some sense into them. But really, at the end of the day, they need to be the ones to pick themselves up. And we get this beautiful little moment where Marshall finally gets himself out of bed and makes pancakes and it's a huge step forward. But we see a jump cut to him being right back on the couch and being sad and crying again because that's how life works. So I like that they didn't really idealize the whole uh, getting over a breakup thing. I think they, they did it in a very realistic way. We get to see how Lily and Marshall are apart at the beginning of the season. Uh, Lily does come back from San Francisco. She wants to get back together with Marshall, and he ultimately turns her down. We see a shift in dynamic between Barney and Ted because Barney is just absolutely beside himself that Ted would abandon him to be in a relationship and he feels like he's lost his wingman. He'll do anything to prevent that from happening, even going as far as to steal all of Ted's stuff when he is supposed to move in with Robin. He like steals their moving van. Uh, This is in episode 18, Moving Day. We also learn a lot more about Barney in episode 20, which is Showdown. Uh, In this episode, we find out that Barney believes his father to be Bob Barker. And I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but this just reminds me of an episode in season one where we kind of learn more about Barney's backstory. We really flesh out his character more. We find out that you know, he used to be kind of like this crunchy granola type and he wanted to join the Peace Corps and then he was cheated on and he got his heart broken. And after that, he kind of became this corporate suit wearing guy who just wants money and chicks. And uh, I I love when we get these little insights into Barney because frankly, uh, when we don't get these little insights into him, uh, I tend to very much dislike him. He's actually my least favorite character on the show. Uh, sorry, that might be unpopular opinion. I kind of hate Barney. Anyway, so many great things come out of this season. Uh, one of my favorite episodes is called Swarly. Uh, this is when Marshall and Lily finally get back together. Uh, there's this great running joke where Barney is accidentally called Swarly at a coffee shop and everyone just starts calling him Swar- <laughs> Swarly for like kind of the rest of the series, but especially in this episode and he just can't stand it. Uh, we get a nice little... Uh, episode called The Slat Bet. This is the ninth episode of season two. Uh, Not only do we get the uh, origin of the legendary Barney and Marshall slat bet, where Marshall gets to slap Barney five times randomly as the series progresses, but also we uncover the fact that Robin was Robin Sparkles, a Canadian pop singer when she was a teenager. Uh, That initial Robin Sparkles music video is so, so funny, (laughs) Um, where she sings Let's Go to the Mall. I could probably sing the whole song for you right now, but I won't do that because uh, it might be a little cringy to listen to. But rest assured, I know every lyric. If you guys have not seen that music video, I think even if you don't really know the context of the episode, you'll still think it's funny. And finally, we end the season with Lily and Marshall's wedding in episodes 21, Something Borrowed, and 22, Something Blue. It's also revealed at the end of season two that Robin and Ted broke up and have been keeping it a secret as to not detract from Lily and Marshall's wedding. Um, There's a lot of stuff that happens like this in How I Met Your Mother. A lot of 
breaking up and getting back together and they try to save it a lot for like the end of the season uh this is one of those series where they love to do big cliffhanger uh season finales i don't know why i couldn't think of that word Now, skipping over to season one, we have Wait For It, where Robin comes back from a post-breakup trip to Argentina, and she brings her new boyfriend, Gael, played by Enrique Iglesias. We deal a lot with uh, the fallout of Robin and Ted's breakup. Um, We see that in Slapsgiving, where they kind of talk about the fact that it's weird for them to hang out. They're not sure if they'll ever really be friends again. They have this wonderful inside joke throughout that episode where uh, Ted and Robin will salute one another when someone says uh, major something or colonel something or anything that would involve a salute. And then they'll salute each other and repeat it like uh, major pleasure, colonel stuck in my teeth. I think that's a genuinely hilarious joke. I would love to have that inside joke with someone. Uh, Everyone else hates it. I love it. Uh, And at the end of the episode, they involuntarily kind of do that inside joke with one another. And there's this nice little glimmer into the fact that, like, maybe we can keep this friendship alive. So many freaking good episodes in this season. We have uh, How I Met Everyone Else with Blah Blah. And we get the, the hot crazy scale, Barney's theory about how hot and crazy a woman is allowed to be. Um, We get... Spoiler alert, where kind of the premise of the episode is, you know, everyone has these weird gaping flaws that uh, you might be blind to until someone points it out. And then once it's pointed out to you, you can't unsee it. Uh, Like Ted is dating this girl who won't stop freaking talking and he doesn't realize it until everyone points it out to him. And now she is ruined for him forever. We see Lily and Marshall trying to buy a house, uh, and they make a very rash decision and end up buying an apartment in a terrible neighborhood with crooked floors. And we meet another major girlfriend of Ted's, Stella, played by Sarah Chalk of Scrubs fame. A lot of really important things take place in this season that will then be referenced in uh, subsequent seasons. Uh, For example... This is when we first meet Stella, obviously. This is the whole build-up into a huge thing that happens in season four, which I will get to in a moment. But this is really uh, the first person who could really be the mother. Uh, She does have a a small child already. She has like a five-year-old daughter. She's a dermatologist. Uh, I believe at the end of this season, Ted proposes to her. This is somebody who the audience is thinking, like, maybe this is the mother. And we haven't really been able to get that from Victoria or Robin because those romances were so short-lived. We also get Marshall's first foray uh, into corporate law in this season. Uh, Obviously, Marshall started out wanting to do environmental law, but it's revealed that because of this terrible decision that they've made to buy this house, uh, and because Lily has so much secret debt that Marshall knows nothing about, Marshall is then forced to take a high-paying corporate job that he uh, moralistically does not agree with, but believes that he has to do this for you know the betterment of his marriage and future family. That's something that is brought up a lot throughout the remaining seasons, And at the end of this season, we also get our first little 
glimpse into the will-they-won't-they romance between Barney and Robin. Uh, Barney and Robin sleep together in episode 16, Sand Castles in the Sand. And this is really the first time that we see this kind of love triangle start between Barney, Ted, and Robin. So, hugely, hugely important season. Now, buckle up, you guys, because we're about to head into season four, and season four is wild. Season four sees Ted getting engaged to Stella in episode one, Do I Know You? Uh, In episode three, we see Stella trying to convince Ted to move with her to New Jersey. In season four, episode four, we get intervention, where his friends stage an intervention for him, uh, convinced that he's you know, rushing into this marriage. Uh, I love the intervention episode. I love it when we get to see the group kind of uh, getting at each other's throats a little bit. I just love large group scenes in general, like the game night episode, uh, like the one where we find out how everybody meets. Um, The intervention episode is really, really funny, and we kind of see different moments throughout each character's lives. Uh, how they've had to be confronted with some tough love by the general group of friends. And uh, I just think that concept of giving people interventions for, like, doing a weird British accent or (laughs) wearing a stupid hat uh, is very funny. When I'm looking at this episode list, I think to myself, wow, we have got, like, incredibly solid episodes throughout this season. Uh, we get the Best Burger in New York episode with Regis Philbin. Um, we get Woo with the introduction of the concept of Woo Girls and uh, <laughs> Robin slowly transforming into a Woo Girl, much to Lily's dismay. We have the Stinsons episode where we kind of get to to meet Barney's family a little more and we find out that he has uh, hired a fake wife and son. I feel like tonally season four is really where we get uh, a shift into some super over-the-top ideas, really some of the most eccentric humor that we get on the show. And I don't really think that's a bad thing. Uh, Usually if someone says we're getting a shift in a series, it means that tonally it's very different. Uh, Maybe you would think that this is when it jumps the shark, but I disagree. I kind of think that this steering into the skid of absurdism works very well for the format of this show. Now let's take a minute to actually talk about Stella, because when I did my poll on Instagram, I also asked people who they thought Ted's worst girlfriend was. Uh, I was expecting a lot of people to say Zoe, or maybe Janine, who we'll talk about a little bit later, or maybe even Robin, because Ted and Robin weren't so on the same page in their relationship. But to my surprise, a lot of people voted for Stella. I was really shocked by all of the Stella hate that uh, I was seeing in my DMs, uh, particularly because I have always kind of enjoyed Stella as a character. I like that she's very sarcastic. Uh, She's very funny. I mean, I just think Sarah Chalk in general is just very, very charming. And we'll even see in the third episode, I Heart New Jersey, Uh, where Stella is trying to convince Ted to move to New Jersey, it doesn't come across as, like, overly controlling or 
an unreasonable request. She does have a good argument. She does have a child who goes to school there. She's always lived there. She has a house there. For a single mother who's looking to introduce someone into her life to be a father figure for her child, it actually really does make a lot of sense that Ted should be the one to move for her. However, that all changes in episode 5, Shelter Island, where Ted and Stella make the abrupt decision to get married uh, way quicker than anyone anticipated. They decide to take over Stella's sister's wedding because that got cancelled. She's going to lose out on all of her deposits. So they decide to take over her wedding. uh, And this is a doozy of an episode. I'm shocked by how much it fits how much gets fit into this episode. Essentially, uh, Stella is in an argument with her ex-husband who is trying to prevent their daughter from attending Stella's wedding. Uh, So Ted goes over to try to convince him to, you know, let Ted bring Lucy, Stella's daughter, to the wedding. And Ted, being the the hero that he likes to think of himself as, uh, invites Tony to come to the wedding. Uh, This culminates in Stella and Tony finally having to confront their feelings for one another, and Ted gets left at the altar. Now, as much as I actually enjoy Stella's personality, I can definitely see why this is a reason that many people would turn against her, and it's not just the simple matter of her leaving Ted at the altar. In actuality, I think that that's a great storyline because I think if Ted had been married to Stella and we would have seen those storylines play out and we would have seen him move to New Jersey and I'm guessing they would have gotten a divorce at some point because she's not the mother, uh, I think that would have been a little bit too different tonally for the show. I like the decision for Ted to be left at the altar. I think that really works for somebody like him who is such a hopeless romantic completely has his head in the clouds with these big grand gestures and and thinks that, uh, you know, love is the only way to be fulfilled. I think he kind of needs something like this. However, this kind of kickstarts this tradition of Stella and Tony kind of flitting out of Ted's life and fucking it up, for lack of a better term. This does happen throughout the next couple of seasons, but I think it's just better to address this as a whole right here, right now, because it's such a significant relationship. In the episode after he gets left at the altar, uh, episode six, Happily Ever After, Ted realizes that Stella has moved to the city for Tony, something that she was not willing to do with Ted. I feel like that's gut-wrenching. Uh, when you're in a relationship with someone and then you later find out that, you know, they're willing to do things with their next partner that they're not willing to do for you. Uh, That's pretty heart-wrenching. We also see later that she ends up moving to Los Angeles with Tony, so she's perfectly okay with uprooting her daughter's life for that reason. Uh, Not only that, but in season five, we discover that Uh, Her husband, Tony, has created a whole movie, uh, the subject of which is about Ted and making Ted look like a villain. Uh, It's called The Wedding Bride. It is a very funny thing that happens uh, throughout the season and the whole series. Uh, There's there's a Wedding Bride 2 that comes out. Uh, The whole point is that everyone is obsessed with this movie and thinks that the character that is based off of Ted is like the worst guy in the world. And so Ted is very defensive of it. 
But that's kind of fucked up. I mean, she supposedly loved Ted, was going to marry him. Uh, the fact that she would let Tony do something like that is uh, not cool, to say the least. But I think the real reason behind people's hatred for Stella can be pinpointed to an episode in season four called As Fast As She Can. Uh, in this episode, Ted runs into Stella and Tony on the street. Uh, Tony feels so bad about the fact that, he, you know, Stella left Ted for him. He thinks that Ted seems really sad, so he goes to Ted's apartment later and offers to get him a job. Uh, essentially, what it all comes down to is, you know, Ted kind of tells Tony off and says that he doesn't care that Stella left him. He gives basically this whole speech about how awful Stella is because of how much she hurt him. And Tony is kind of shaken by this review of her and breaks up with Stella. Um, Stella then comes to Ted's apartment and has the audacity to ask Ted to talk to Tony for her and help her get Tony back. I kind of forgot about this plot line, but when people DM'd me to remind me about it, I was like, holy shit, you're right. That's fucked. At the end of the day, it all works out. Stella and Tony get back together. They move to Los Angeles. They get rich, I'm sure, off of uh, the wedding bride. And uh, Tony ends up getting Ted a job as an architecture professor, which is a job that is so perfect for him. Ted is such a professor type. He ends up loving the job. Uh, but still, uh, that's a bold ask, Stella. That's a, that's a spicy meatball of, a, of an ask to uh, ask someone to help you get back together with the person that you left them at the altar for. She's daring. So yes, I, I can definitely understand why a lot, a lot, a lot of people voted Stella as Ted's uh, worst girlfriend. She does not get my vote uh, for my personal opinion of who Ted's worst serious relationship was, but I'll get to that in a moment. Now, there's a lot of other really good things that I love about this season. Uh, I love that we get to see Ted's old girlfriend, Karen, make a comeback, uh, played by Laura Prepon. Uh, she comes back in the episode, Sorry Bro, uh, where uh, we find out that she continuously has cheated on Ted, and for some reason, he can't get her out of his system. Uh, I love the next episode after that, The Front Porch, where Ted finds out that Lily has broken up a lot of his relationships, including his relationship with Karen, and uh, most surprisingly, his relationship with Robin. We get a good storyline where Barney realizes that he is in love with Robin and he continuously tries to get on her good side and figure out how to sleep with her again. Overall, I have nothing but positive things really to say about the first four seasons of this show. And I think that's a very important thing to point out because we are about to hit the initial point of decline in How I Met Your Mother. Yes, everybody, we have reached it. We have reached the solid moment where you can tell the show has gone downhill. Now, to reiterate, this does not mean that it has become unwatchable yet. Uh, I, I will talk a little bit about what I don't like about this next season, uh, but there is still a mix of good and bad. Uh, 
Uh, and that's a little bit more of a positive note than I can say for when we get to that point of unwatchability. This is just that first point where I start to notice something is really off and I'm not enjoying the show as much anymore. Now we've reached season five, episode one, definitions. Uh, This is a hugely important episode. This episode shows Ted's first day of teaching. Um, He accidentally starts teaching his whole architecture class, uh, but it turns out to be an econ class. (laughs) He doesn't realize this for like 20 minutes. It's also revealed that uh, the mother was in that class that day. She was in the econ class that Ted accidentally started teaching. Uh, I love that plot line. However, the plot line I don't like as much, and what to me symbolizes that first initial point of decline in the series, is the plot line between Robin and Barney. I'd like to reiterate once more that this is purely a personal opinion. Uh, I am not a big fan of Barney and Robin together. Uh, I think that when Robin is not with Barney, she is a very like cool, fun person who I would hang out with. And the longer that she's with Barney on the show, I think the more that they uh, give her character some edges, make her a little bit meaner and a little bit crueler. And I don't really like that in her character. I just, I feel like she really changes once she gets into this relationship with Barney. And I really liked the old Robin. So this episode focuses around the fact that Barney and Robin are basically a couple. They just won't admit it. So Lily locks them in a room and kind of forces them to have the define the relationship conversation. This kind of leads to a a plot arc that I'm not a really big fan of at the beginning of season five, uh, where we see Robin and Barney kind of trying to be in a relationship, but not really being good at it together. Uh, For example, in the episode Robin 101, we learn that Barney is taking classes from Ted and learning how to be Robin's boyfriend. A particular scene that always sticks out to me is Barney insisting that he take Marshall to a strip club and not listening to Robin at all when she says that she's not happy with that idea. In the sixth episode, we do get something that I like. Uh, The episode is called Bagpipes. Basically, uh, Barney thinks that he and Robin are the perfect couple because they never fight. Uh, And this leads to him giving Marshall just terrible, terrible advice that leads to a huge fight between Marshall and Lily, and Lily subsequently (laughs) kicking Marshall out. And finally, we get to the episode, The Rough Patch, where the gang realizes that Robin and Barney are miserable together, and they have to kind of force them to break up because Barney and Robin are both so stubborn that they will never admit to the gang that they no longer want to be together. That's also like a decent episode. That's the problem with season five as a whole. Season five is full of episodes that are decent. They're episodes that I can rewatch, but it feels like there's something missing. Um, There's not that kind of like gooey romantic undertone of the first and second season. And while it still maintains kind of the more eccentric humor of the third and fourth season, to me, it kind of loses the relational humor. And what I mean by that is, 
when you get characters like Barney and Robin together, the focus has to become on justifying why those two characters would be together. And so it kind of compartmentalizes the group a little more. We have Barney and Robin as kind of their own unit, or even sometimes Barney, Robin, and Ted, if they want to play into that triangle. We have Marshall and Lily as a unit. And then we kind of have Ted off by himself. Um, This is something that I think happens a lot throughout the later seasons, is that Ted kind of starts to become a little bit more of an outsider as opposed to the main protagonist that all of his friends care about. I mean, in the first seasons, and really throughout the series, there's this constant battle between Barney and Marshall as to who is Ted's best friend. Even when Robin and Ted aren't romantically together, she usually tends to take his side over Barney's, but now that she has this kind of allegiance to Barney, that's not really there. So it kind of changes the dynamic of a group in a way that I find to be a lot less enjoyable. And I think that you can pinpoint that change in dynamic right down to the first episode of season five, Definitions, where Barney and Robin decide, oh, we'll just pretend, we'll lie to Lily that we're boyfriend and girlfriends that she lets us out. And as they're leaving, Ted says, you know that they lied to you, right? And Lily says, no, they don't realize that they weren't lying. Thus, Barney and Robin become an official couple and the dynamic is just forever changed. This to me is the initial point of decline in the series of How I Met Your Mother. Another thing from this season that I have to talk about is the introduction of Barney's playbook. This happens in episode eight. This is right after Barney and Robin break up and we start to see Barney throwing himself headfirst into single life. We start to see all of the crazy methods that he uses to trick women into bed. And it's kind of deeply disturbing, if I'm being honest. And look, I don't want anyone to think that this is coming from some sort of moral high ground. Uh, I have no problem on television with people acting like complete sociopaths and psychopaths, and I understand that it's a fictional character whose actions aren't actually hurting anyone. I'm not offended by Barney lying to women and getting them to sleep with him. This has nothing to do with, like, me being offended by the show. I just don't particularly like it in the sense that I think it's kind of a change to his character. Uh, I think in the first two to three seasons especially, Barney was a little bit more of a a pseudo-Casanova. You know, I think, you know, he was accepting all of these challenges on ways that he can trick women into sleeping with him. Uh, But it was really more of a, like, he thinks he's cooler than he is. He got shot down a lot. And that was something that we saw throughout the whole series. Whereas with the playbook, I think we're definitely seeing a shift into he's not as like much of a a bumbling idiot who just thinks that he can get all these women. It's more of a like, oh, no, he is like a dangerous person, Uh, if that makes sense. I just think there's a lack of charm to it, if I'm being quite honest. But again, That, I acknowledge, is just my own personal opinion. I'm sure there are people out there who think that the playbook is uh, hilarious and that they love kind of 
watching Barney and obviously knowing that this is exaggerated. To me, I like Barney when he's a little bit softer and we get to see him as a real human being. And to me, the playbook is just so far out there that it counteracts those more human attributes to him. Uh, And so I, I just really can't get behind it. There's also another episode in this season called Last Cigarette Ever that I really don't like, where it's revealed that, like, all of them are hardcore smokers, and we've never addressed this before, ever. And so, like, each of them are having, like, their last cigarette ever and vowing to quit. To me, I just hate this episode because I don't like it when things come out of left field that have never been established before. Perhaps it is a bit too nitpicky of me, but I just don't like it when uh, things are not carried throughout the series in a more well-thought-out manner. And the whole cigarette thing to me is, like, only really called back once later in the season or later in the series, and it's not really mentioned before this, so it just comes a little bit out of left field. That being said, there are episodes that I really do enjoy. Uh, I love Jenkins, the episode where uh, we find out that Marshall has this really cool and funny female colleague, and uh, he kind of wants to make Lily jealous, but it goes too far because it turns out Jenkins actually does have feelings for him. I like episode 17, of course, Uh, Jennifer Lopez guest stars in this episode, and Robin's kind of trying to get back at Barney for being insensitive during their breakup, so she conspires with uh, Jennifer Lopez's character to create this dream woman who would ultimately turn Barney down and kind of drive him crazy. This is the origination of the bang, bang, bangity bang song, which I very much enjoy. This is also the season where Ted buys this old dilapidated house out in the suburbs that everyone thinks he's, like, losing his mind, but, you know, he believes in it and it actually turns out to be a great idea. And I would put season six about on par with season five in terms of quality. Um, While I think a lot of the jokes are a little bit tired and sometimes contrived, I think that the overarching storylines themselves are probably the most important in terms of character growth. Let's start with Lily and Marshall. Uh, Lily and Marshall have some of the biggest storylines of their coupling in this season. Um, We're starting out with kind of the storyline of them getting ready to have kids. Um, They're really looking into the future and kind of trying to decide uh, what kind of parents they want to be and who they want to be. And now that they've decided to start their family, uh, they really have to grow up. They're, you know, trying to conceive is obviously a huge part of the season as a whole, Uh, but particularly you get episodes like episode eight, Natural History, um, where it turns out that Marshall has been thinking of staying in corporate law as much as he's always dreamed of being an environmental lawyer. He's starting to realize that if, you know, they are trying to have kids, they need to have some more money. Um... And this kind of sends Lily into a spiral of, you know, I I can't believe that Marshall has changed this much. And she has to come to terms with the fact that when you marry someone, sometimes they do change or their goals change or not everybody is going to be the person that they start out as in a relationship. And I think that's a really cool storyline to have on TV. I think 
the next episode, episode nine, Glitter, uh, when Lily finds out that, you know, Robin used to have a best friend and ultimately that friendship ended because her friend had a baby. And she goes through the whole episode thinking that Robin dipped down on her friend because she didn't want to have a friend who was a mom. Uh, and really, it was the other way around. The mom decided that it just wasn't really interesting to her anymore to have a friend who doesn't have kids, who isn't a mom. So we get that big emotional storyline for Lily and Marshall. And on top of that, we also get this huge emotional storyline where Marshall's dad dies. He dies in episode 13, Bad News. Uh, we're, we're really introduced to Marshall's dad this season. I mean, he shows up more than ever before in this season. And we really kind of grow to love him. Um, and by the time we reach his death, it's a super, super emotional scene where Lily meets Marshall in front of McLaren's and has to tell him that his dad didn't survive his heart attack. And it's a really great display of acting, not only from Allison Hannigan, but also Jason Siegel. Um, I think it's one of the most like heartbreaking moments of the whole series. Um, and I think the subsequent episodes, uh, you have last words about Marshall and everyone going to his dad's funeral. Um, you have Garbage Island, episode 17, where Marshall suddenly, you know, he starts to make these erratic decisions and he becomes obsessed with saving the world because now he's kind of having this identity crisis now he's lost his father and he's realizing how short life is and i just love that they gave marshall a storyline that wasn't necessarily about his relationship with lily um like i said earlier marshall's my favorite character i just really love the fact that he is someone who genuinely tries to do the right thing and is always rooting for his friends. And I feel like that's just kind of a rare thing to like find a genuinely like sweet and nice character on a comedy because a lot of comedy derives from uh, sarcasm or like characters kind of being biting. And I mean, comedy is bred from, from conflict. So it is always kind of refreshing where you find a character where you're like, dang, I kind of want to be more like them. And that's how I feel about Marshall. We also get a huge storyline for Barney where he reconnects with his dad, played by John Lithgow. Um, we get to learn more about his family. We have a whole really, really touching episode where he finds out just how much his mom had to like sacrifice and do for him as a kid because she didn't want him to feel left out about not having a dad. Um, I... Just love that storyline for Barney. I think it's something that like really humanizes him. I love it whenever we can see Wayne Brady come in and be his brother James. There's a whole storyline where Robin is kind of dealing with her unemployment and she really wants to work at Worldwide News and she doesn't think she can do it and she has that job by the end of the season. Um, but most significantly, I think we should talk about the Zoe storyline. In this season, we get Zoe, um, played by Jennifer Morrison. Uh, Zoe is like this activist type who is protesting a, a building that Ted is uh, knocking down so that he can build one of his designs on top of it. 
And there's a whole big romantic conflict because she's married, but then she's getting a divorce and then she and Ted love each other. But then she's also trying to like knock down his building. And it's honestly kind of complicated and annoying because of course Ted has to fall in love with someone he used to hate. I just, I hate that storyline of like, people hating each other at first and then falling in love because call me crazy, but I don't really (laughs) root for those kinds of relationships. I think that's really important to touch on because uh, his relationship with Zoe is kind of his last big one with a new character. Uh, Other characters who are brought on as like his new big relationships are characters that we have already seen, like Victoria. Uh, There's more Will they, won't they with Robin throughout the next few seasons. Uh, There's love triangles between him and Robin and Barney for the next few seasons. I feel like Zoe is kind of the last girl who he's like significantly involved with. uh, Like who isn't a rerun, repeat romantic interest uh, pretty much for the rest of the series. Now, when I was originally looking at the point of unwatchability in How I Met Your Mother, uh, I was tempted to put it in Season 7. I really dislike Season 7 personally. Uh, I think this is where a lot of characters take a turn for the worse. We continue to see this will-they-won't-they between Robin and Barney, but then Barney starts dating Robin's friend Nora, who's, like, way too good for him, so I don't root for them to be together. Like, she's an amazing person. Like, she just calls him out on his shit and is really, like, beautiful and sophisticated. And uh, why would I root for her to be with someone like Barney? Uh, We also meet Quinn, who is a stripper at the Lusty Leopard, and uh, she enters a really serious relationship with Barney. They, like, move in together. They get engaged by the end of the season. Uh, and for her, I just don't really think she's that likable of a character. We, like, we never see her be really anything but, like, rude. (laughs) And I just feel like I also don't root for them together because of that. Like, I don't understand her personality. Uh, I do like the episode where she, like, tricks Barney into giving her a bunch of money for a bunch of lap dances because he claims to be in love with her. And she kind of, like, uses that to her advantage. Uh, I really like her in that scene. Like, she's super smart in that episode. But other than that, she's obviously just a huge uh, stumbling block in between Robin and Barney. She's purely there as a pawn. Marshall and Lily are very watered down in this season because Lily is pregnant and they're considering moving to the suburbs, which, like, ultimately really doesn't happen. So it's just kind of a dull storyline. Like, forget that. But my main problems lie in the characters of Robin and Ted. At this point in the series, Ted has kind of just turned into a joke. The fact that Ted is still alone and we're on the seventh season kind of even starts to become mocked by the other characters in the show. In the episode Disaster Averted, when the gang is reminiscing about Hurricane Irene, uh, the fact that Ted would abandon his friends just for, like, a beautiful woman <laughs> is, and, like, would give her a spot in his getaway car is just like, okay, that's kind of sad. The fact that he tells Robin that he loves her right after she's ended an engagement That's kind of sad. That's kind of a desperate move. That's not really something that you should do if you 
care about somebody. She's clearly in a state of vulnerability and she clearly just had her heart broken and he's just kind of swooping in and then demanding an answer from her. A lot of people DM'd me to tell me that in the later seasons, they're not really much of a fan of Ted and that they actually find him to be pretty problematic. And season seven, that's definitely uh, starting to become more apparent. I wouldn't necessarily call him like problematic in the sense that uh, he's a terrible person. I think the fact that Ted just goes on and on and on about wanting to meet the one and pretends he's such a hopeless romantic and almost victimizes himself in a way of being like, I want love and it's not happening for me. Yet he keeps going back to Robin and he keeps going back to younger girls or girls who he just wants to like sleep with. He's not serious about finding the one as much as he claims to be. Um, There's even an episode where Lily calls him out on this and I'm so glad that she does. And then you have Robin. She's working at Worldwide News There's this whole running gag where she's like awful to this girl named Patrice in her office who's just like nothing but sunshine and rainbows. And there's like this running gag about how much Robin hates her and is such like a jerk to her and constantly yells at her. And call me oversensitive, but I actually really hate that joke. Uh, Not because she's being mean, but because it just seems kind of out of character for the Robin Scherbatsky that we had seen in previous seasons. Uh, Robin was never a cruel person, per se. She was just a very independent one. Just somebody who was kind of stuck in her own ways, liked to do things her own way, liked to be independent. But she was never just outright mean to people. They kind of have this implication that the reason that she and Barney are so drawn to each other is because that they are damaged people. And they really dig into Robin's backstory about how she's never really gotten love from her father. She was raised as a boy because he was so disappointed that he had a daughter and so she was never good enough for him. Um, And I think that that's great to have that paralleled with someone like Barney who also grew up without a father, also grew up feeling inadequate and unloved in a way and rejected. And so it does make sense that because they have such similar backstories that they would be drawn to one another. However, I feel like they do a really good job in the later seasons of giving Barney more growth and development and watching him become more committed to people and, you know, we see him fall in love with Robin again and again and want to be the best for her. Whereas I feel like they start to make Robin more of like an unsympathetic character, more prone to doing like bad things. Uh, She cheats on Kevin with Barney and Barney cheats on Nora with Robin. And they have this agreement that they are going to tell Nora and Kevin and end those relationships and then meet back up and get together. And Robin can't do it. And she just feels like such a damaged person. She says twice in that episode, I'm such a mess. Why do you even like me? And... I think that that's a big change as opposed to uh, early seasons Robin who was so confident and self-assured. Now we have this person who's kind of devolved a little bit and just is kind of shaken. And I really don't know if we've justified that big of a shift in who Robin is other than the fact that she's with Barney. Uh, That's why I think that's a huge point of decline for the show. Season 8 is really more of the same. We get to see Marshall and Lily as parents. Uh, We get to see Marshall kind of try to work his way up in his firm as an environmental lawyer. 
I do love the story arc that we get about Lily kind of losing her identity a little bit as a wife and mother. And she finally goes back to her roots of being an artist and she gets a job as an art consultant for uh, the captain, Zoe's ex-husband, who wants to start investing in art. Uh, She gets the opportunity to move to Italy, which we will see kind of come to a head in the ninth season. So I actually love what they are doing with Lily in this season. There's this great episode where she's up on the roof with Ted and they're both telling each other like deep, dark secrets that they could never say aloud to anyone else. And she admits how hard it is to be a mother and feel like she's losing herself. We also see Barney and Robin finally get engaged in this season and we see Ted start to struggle with that. But everything kind of becomes like an old, tired, gag. Uh, Ted gets with Victoria. He breaks up essentially what is a marriage and starts dating Victoria, but doesn't want to commit to her. He chooses Robin over Victoria, uh, which we've seen before in the first season. Uh, I know that that was a very dramatic moment, but it left a lot to be desired for me. I just thought it was so strange that Ted claims that he wants to be married and yet is willing to give up the opportunity to be happy with somebody for Robin, who has time and time again expressed that she does not want to be with him. At this point, it's so tiresome and boring and it feels like Ted is just trying to force things. Uh, I think that's why he gets a lot of hate in the last few seasons. Uh, He also dates this like 20-year-old girl played by Ashley Benson, who, like, I don't know why he would do that if he says he's so serious about a relationship with the future. Uh, He dates Janine, played by Abby Elliott, who is just uh, completely not the one for him, and he knows it, but he just can't stop. Ted really just kind of becomes a loser in this season, and it's super cringy to watch. So because I dislike season eight so strongly, I thought that surely... The moment when How I Met Your Mother became unwatchable had to be in season eight. There had to be a moment in season eight that I could look at and pinpoint, wow, that is when this show died. Uh, I looked through every episode of season eight, I rewatched it, I took notes, and then I realized something. The problem doesn't start in season eight. The problem starts at the very end of season seven. I thought, was it the moment that Ted declared his love for Robin yet again? And she ultimately decided to think about it and went on a business trip for a few days. And then he sat there and overanalyzed it with everybody over and over and over again. And Marshall was kind of rooting for him because he has that long-term bet going on with Lily that Robin and Ted will end up together. Lily is betting against Ted and she doesn't think that they'll end up together. But Marshall never loses his hope. And so anytime the Robin and Ted romance is brought back up again, Marshall is always in his corner. Ultimately, Robin returns from that trip and decides that she can't see Ted as anything more than a friend at this point. Um, And ultimately, that brings her to move out of the apartment at the request of Marshall. Was it that part? Was that the moment in season seven when things started to go downhill? Or 
Perhaps was it when another cast member joined the gang? I thought for a moment that surely the moment that How I Met Your Mother must have gone downhill was the day that Marshall Erickson's son, Marvin Erickson, was born. I was convinced that when that child emerged from Lily's birth canal, so too emerged a new era of How I Met Your Mother, an era in which... Uh, things are boring, and we have a storyline about new parents that we see all the time. Oh, babies cry. Oh my gosh, you're so tired. You never get to do anything fun ever again. Woo. Could that be the moment that How We Met Your Mother went downhill? But ultimately, I decided that the blame had to lie in Ted. And so... In Season 7, Episode 24, The Magician's Code Part 2, airing on May 14th, 2012, unfortunately, How I Met Your Mother was laid to rest. For after this scene took place, no one would ever be the same. I now give you guys the moment in time that How I Met Your Mother took a turn. The moment that it reached the point of being so irredeemably bad that you would have to force yourself through the next two seasons and your only concession was the fact that you could finally meet the goddamn mother. This is the moment that How I Met Your Mother became unwatchable. In The Magician's Code Part 2, after the birth of Marshall and Lily's son, Marvin, Robin and Ted decide to make amends for the awkward behavior that they've shared between one another since Ted's confession of love. Uh, Robin is insistent to him that he is meant to be with Victoria. That's right, Victoria, the beautiful baker from season one. Robin is convinced that they are meant to be together. So after seeing how Marshall and Lily's lives have moved forward, Ted decides to take a big step of his own, and he calls Victoria, asking her to meet him at McLaren's. When she arrives, he discovers that she is about to be married. Literally about to be married. She's in her wedding dress. So what do you order? Oh, just black coffee. I like it that way, too. It just tastes better to me. I find that if the coffee beans are good enough, you really don't need... Why are you in a wedding dress? I'm sort of supposed to get married today. All your friends and family are waiting for you in some church right now? Well, not all. We had five last-minute no-shows. Well, six. <laughs> Muzzle top Ted. I was starting to think this would never happen. Oh, no, Mrs. Madison. I told you he wasn't gay. Wait, what? <laughs> and there you have it. In Season 7, Episode 24, The Magician's Code, Part 2, at 10 minutes and 6 seconds, Victoria enters McLaren's in a wedding dress. This, of course, kickstarts the whole storyline of her getting back together with Ted, him choosing Robin over her yet again, and at this point, we really can't feel any sympathy for Ted. He is just so hung up on being with Robin that he lets everything else just fall by the wayside. And as he gets older and more and more desperate, he kind of becomes more of a creepy middle-aged bachelor and less of a charming spry romantic in his 20s looking for love. And as this carries over into the 8th and the ninth season, he becomes a 
progressively more resentful of Barney and Robin as a couple uh, and believes that Robin should marry him despite the fact that she has continuously rejected him. Uh, He will not get the message. Let her go. So now we have reached the point where How I Met Your Mother becomes unwatchable. I already broke down what happens in season eight, but since we're here, I might as well go through season nine with you as well. And we definitely need to talk about the controversial ending to the entire show. Now, season nine is really different from the other seasons. Uh, All 24 episodes take place over one weekend. It chronicles the events of the weekend of Barney and Robin's wedding. Uh, And this wedding is really the focal point of the entire season. That's very important to remember for the end of this. Now, I'm going to start with what I think are actually the positives of this season before we move into some of the negatives. Um, Something that I love about this season is the dynamic between Marshall and Lily. um, Because we haven't really seen a big uh, obstacle in the way of these two in a little while. In the third season, we had to have uh, Lily reveal to Marshall about all of her secret debt, and that was a big obstacle for them. Uh, In season one, we had them breaking up so that Lily could move to San Francisco and do an art fellowship. But from season three on, it was kind of more smooth sailing for them as a couple, and we really didn't get to see any large obstacles or big sacrifices between the two. Now, I think it goes without saying that I love Marshall and Lily as a couple. I think their story about meeting freshman year of college is just so cute. I love, like, that they have all these rituals that they like to do together, like going home and telling each other what they ate that day, picking one another up from the airport with a little sign with the other person's name on it. I think that's so cute. The other person brings, like, a six-pack of beer from the place that they just were. I just think they have so many cute traditions, and I just love that they really, really enjoy being with one another, and that they're always honest with one another and supportive. But I love that there's a real conflict of interest in this season. Uh, They've already agreed that they're going to move to Italy for Lily's job, and at the end of the eighth season, Marshall is offered a judgeship in New York. Being a judge is his dream job, and he accepts it without consulting with Lily. And so the first half of season nine is a lot of him trying to cover it up from her. Ultimately, he decides to just come clean. They have this massive fight. I love the episode where they finally reunite, and they have to have this huge discussion about it. And Marshall brings up San Francisco and about how hurt he was. And Lily is so upset that he would bring something up like that from so long ago that she storms out. Um, Later, they do reconcile, and Marshall finds out that Lily is pregnant with their second child, so he ultimately decides to move to Rome for her. Um, But I think it's really important that we show, once again, an example of the two of them choosing each other and the sacrifices that you have to make when you are married. That's my favorite part of season nine. Uh, I also like throughout season nine that we get these little insights into Ted's life with the mother. Uh, We get, you know, a glimpse into what their first date was like. We get to see him propose to her. 
we get to really understand and know the mother throughout the season. Uh, it is revealed at the end of season eight who the mother is, uh, and she is played by Kristen Milioti. Kristen Milioti is such a great choice for this role. She is incredibly sweet, she's beautiful, but she is also so believably kind, and I just love how we get to see her meeting everybody throughout this weekend. Miliati was partially chosen because she had a role in the musical once, and it's known throughout the show that the mother is a musician. And it seems like uh, Carter <laughs> Bays and Craig Thomas are very fond of choosing people with musical aptitudes for this show, uh, as seen by Neil Patrick Harris, who is famously a Broadway man himself, uh, and Jason Siegel, who writes music and sings, and I'm pretty sure he's the one who wrote that entire vampire opera at the end of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, he was also in The Muppets, which involved a lot of singing. Uh, he is a he's a musical man. Carter Bays and Craig Thomas wrote 12 out of 24 episodes of this season. And so to have the original creators write so much of the ending, uh, you really do get some cool moments where there are some callbacks to how the show started. Um, we bring back the pineapple incident. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but we may or may not find out what happened with that. We finally find out Blah Blah's name. Um, it's Carol, by the way. There's a storyline where Ted is trying to track down this locket for Robin. And because of that, we have to go back and see a couple of older characters like Stella and Victoria. And we hear what happened to Zoe we see the final slap ever be delivered. In the episode Sunrise, we kind of get a relationship recap between Robin and Ted, uh, and we see him finally letting her go, finally releasing her and deciding to move on and find someone else to love. And personally, my all-time favorite episode of the season, and surprisingly, one of my favorite episodes of all time, is Season 9, Episode 16, How Your Mother Met Me, written by Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. This episode recounts some of the events from previous seasons, but through the eyes of the mother. Uh, we see that she faced a tragic loss when she was in her early 20s, and basically the love of her life died unexpectedly. We see her kind of give up on love and and get proposed to and turn the guy down and ultimately decide that she needs to be happy again and she needs to allow herself to fall in love. So we see that she's finally ready too. And we end with this beautiful scene of her on the balcony of her hotel room, strumming her ukulele and singing La Vie en Rose, and Ted hears her sing for the first time. Those are all the good parts of season nine. Uh, other than that, there's really no, like, jokes or bits that stick out to me. I can really tell they're trying. They have this whole, like, thank you, Linus kind of thing where Lily keeps getting her drink refilled, and that's what she says. And we have this whole bit where Barney keeps calling it a ring bear, and uh, we're supposed to be really interested in figuring out if he's saying ring bearer or if it's going to be an actual bear. And, uh... I don't know, like I said, I can tell that they're trying, but it's just, like, boring. 
and everything is so squeezed together because it's taking place in the same weekend and that's just so frustrating. And then to make matters worse, it turns out that it wasn't even necessary to pay attention to that weekend at all because as we get into discussing the finale of this show, you realize that uh, Barney and Robin's wedding was a cop-out, as is almost everything in How I Met Your Mother. The series is a lie, and we're going to get into it right now. So the last episode ever of How I Met Your Mother is Season 9, Episodes 23 and 24, Last Forever, Parts 1 and 2, written by Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. A lot of stuff happens uh, in this two-parter, that really kind of undoes a lot of what we like about How I Met Your Mother. I think we'll start with one of the most egregious parts, and that is with Barney and Robin. Uh, so after spending an entire season on their wedding weekend, and after spending an entire half a season on planning their wedding, they break up Barney and Robin in a single scene. Uh, they basically just have dinner with the gang and decide to go, surprise, we got divorced. Uh, it's too difficult for them to always be traveling uh, because Robin's career is, like, finally kicking off. Which feels just kind of like a big fuck you after we spent an entire freaking season dedicated to it and it's just like unraveled i mean look barney and robin are not my favorite couple i don't like them together i really don't care if their wedding lasted forever but please don't focus so much of your show on will they won't they and give us an entire season that takes place over the weekend of their wedding and then just like pull the rug out from under us in like one scene it's annoying. And after that, Robin kind of starts to disappear from the friend group. Uh, her career is taking off, and it's just becoming awkward for her to continuously hang out with her ex-boyfriend, her ex-husband, and Marshall and Lily, who are having kids and kind of doing their own thing. Um, I think it's understandable that Robin would kind of start to fade away from everybody, um, especially after her divorce from Barney. I do think that's realistic, um, but it is kind of sad, and it really calls attention to the fact that you go through different eras of your life of being closer to certain people until you drift away. They wrap up Marshall and Lily's storyline in a really nice way. Uh, they are on their third child at this point. Marshall becomes a Supreme Court judge, um, but in this last episode, we really see like bits and pieces of him trying to you know, come back from Rome and get a judgeship, finally. We change Barney as a character, and it turns out that it has nothing to do with his relationship with Robin. Uh, the thing that really turns Barney into the emotional and sensitive guy he has been trying to become for the past few seasons uh, is that Barney ends up having a kid. And there's this beautiful scene where he meets his daughter for the first time uh, and just, like, falls in love with her instantly. And I know a lot of people are not a fan of this ending for Barney, but I actually am. Uh, I think it makes perfect sense that someone could be more affected by having children than they would be by just falling in love. Uh, I think having kids changes you pretty fundamentally, uh, and falling in love uh, is just kind of a different 
thing. You're not responsible for something that you created necessarily. So to me, it makes perfect sense. And I actually really like that they took this route with his character. I mean, it makes sense. I'm surprised that he doesn't have like 30 illegitimate children at this point. A lot of people seem to have a problem with that because they prefer a uh, kind of like creepy Barney who just like hits on people and wants to sleep with everyone. And uh, I can personally take or leave his character to begin with. So I didn't mind that. But what we really need to talk about is Ted's ending. In the last episode of the show, we get a lot more insight into Ted and the mother's storyline together. We see that uh, they are going to try to get married in this like big elaborate ceremony and Ted wants to do it like the 100,000% huge wedding and then she gets pregnant, so they put it off. And then she gets pregnant again, so they put it off. And before you know it, uh, they've been living together with their kids for a couple of years, and they've never gotten married. Uh, so they finally just pick a date and get married at the courthouse. And I do think that's very sweet, because uh, I like that it's kind of showing that like we have expected this whole time for Ted to have this big elaborate wedding, for it to be a huge deal that he's getting married. Uh, and I love that the focus is actually more on the person that he's with and just the fact that he wants to be with her rather than him having a big wedding in a castle like they were going to initially. Um, however, then things take a bit of a turn. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, they kill off the mother. And I know that there are a lot of online forums that talk about how they have hidden clues throughout the show. Uh, and I think I could dedicate a whole podcast episode to dissecting that. But this is really what becomes the most controversial part of the ending for people. Basically, in a narration, we see Ted talking to his kids and saying like, And I loved your mom. I loved her so much. I even loved her when she got sick. And we cut to... Ted and the mother in the hospital and she's in bed and he's like reading her a book and we never find out why she was sick or what kind of illness it was. Then we cut to the scene of the moment that they actually met, which is uh, him running into her on that train platform outside of Barney and Robin's wedding. She's holding that fateful yellow umbrella he goes up to her, uh, he gets under the umbrella with her, and they start talking. He accuses her of stealing the umbrella, uh, and she accuses him of stealing the umbrella, and we find out that her name is Tracy. And the chemistry between Josh Radner and Kristen Milioti in this scene is just so cute. They act as if these characters have known each other for their whole lives, yet you can still get the impression that they're meeting for the first time, and it's just... Such a beautiful moment. I feel like this scene and the banter between them is kind of a perfect ending. It's kind of a perfect moment. And I think that all the fans were satisfied with them meeting this way and like how adorable this conversation is where he's like, those are my initials, TM, Ted Mosby. And she says, no, they're mine, TM, Tracy McConnell. This umbrella belongs TM to me. Uh, I love that. However, they couldn't just let us have this scene. Instead, after this scene, we cut to uh, present day, well, not present day, 2030, 
Ted, uh, talking to his kids, and he says, that's the story of how I met your mother. And uh, the kids ain't buying it, because you know who was in that story? Robin. And you know who was barely in the story? The mother. And they could not be more right, because after nine years of buildup to find out who the mother is, they kill her off in a nondescript way in the middle of the last episode of the show, and they quickly follow it up with Ted's declaration that he's actually in love with Robin now and wants to date her. And this whole thing has been an elaborate ruse to ask his children for permission to call up Robin and ask her on a date. And his kids call him out on this. And I think this was so infuriating to the viewers because it really felt like a lot of work for no payoff. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, because they had to shoot the children sitting and listening to that story nine years previously, they actually recorded all of that dialogue, all of the dialogue of his kids being like, we know that this is a story about Aunt Robin. We know that you want to ask her out. Like, mom was barely in the story. Uh, they recorded all of that in the first season of the show. So they had a plan for the ending all along, which is fine. But because the series was so long and because they had taken us on such a wild ride between Barney and Robin and because it had become so clear to us over nine seasons that Robin and Ted should not be together, the fact that Ted continuously harping on Robin actually made his character look worse as the seasons went on, uh, the fact that they killed off the mother kind of as if she didn't matter at all, and the fact that they broke up Barney and Robin in a very convenient way, as if that marriage didn't matter at all, uh, I think all of this culminated into the audience just kind of feeling shortchanged. And instead of the last scene of the series being Ted finally meeting the mother, the last scene of the series is him running down to Robin's apartment as a callback to the first episode where he steals the blue French horn for her. She peers out the window in the same little shot of her and the dog in the window, and he holds up the blue French horn, and she starts crying, and we're led to believe that she has wanted the same thing all along, and that is how How I Met Your Mother ends, and it is a huge slap in the face to its audience. Um, as a writer, I guess I could say that I appreciate that ending because it does subvert expectations, but I'll be honest, as a viewer, I just kind of felt uh, shortchanged. I kind of felt like, that's it? After all of that, he's still going to get with Robin? Even I felt gaslighted. I'm just going to say it. I felt gaslighted as an audience member. I knew she wasn't the mother. We've been led to believe that the mother is the most important character. It's The show is named after the mother. And now you're telling me that the mother doesn't actually matter at all? We use her name in, like, one scene in the series? It's super frustrating. Every time I rewatch this episode, I can't decide if I love it or hate it. Uh, I think there's always going to be a part of me that feels unsatisfied by this ending, uh, and I think a lot of people would agree with me. I just think that they boxed themselves into a corner by having this preconceived scene, and... 
I think they could have done a better job at building to that if that was really the way that they had wanted to go. Um, I think it also could have helped if we had gotten a little more time with the mother. Perhaps instead of making the whole season about Barney and Robin's wedding, it would have been nice for him to uh, be going through more scenes of him and the mother. It would have been nice if we had kind of seen them become a couple earlier in the season and then kind of gotten to have more expanded versions of those tiny little scenes. Maybe a whole episode is dedicated to the proposal instead of just a little scene. Maybe a whole episode is devoted to uh, the birth of their first child or the birth of their second child. I think if we had had more full episodes that focused entirely on Ted and the mother and then at the very, very end of the finale gotten to see that last little scene... Uh, where they finally meet at the train stop, I feel like that could have been just as satisfying. And then maybe we could have had her die in that last episode and have him get back to Robin or get back together with Robin and it would not have felt as if like, whoa, I'm getting I'm getting pulled around to all these places at once. Like now he's meeting the mother. Now the mother is dying, but now they're getting married, but now he's with Robin. And it just feels like so much information to give someone in one episode. Um, That's just my personal opinion on it. I don't hate it as vehemently as a lot of people do. It it doesn't ruin the series as a whole for me uh, because I do kind of see its merits as a writer and wanting to do something creative. Um, But I just don't think it overall left a satisfying ending for fans. And I think that they had a lot of missteps in that last season. Uh, and I really just think that ever since that moment that that Victoria walks into McLaren's in a wedding dress, forever changing how we view Ted and how he handles his relationships, uh, I just think after that point, How I Met Your Mother was unsalvageable, was unlike itself too much, and ultimately it became unwatchable. If you guys disagree with me, I would love to hear it. Please uh, write a comment on Instagram. Let me know what you think or leave it in your, your review. Uh, if you enjoyed this, leave five stars, leave a review. Let me know how you feel about How I Met Your Mother. Did I pick the right moment? Uh, do you think that it happened even sooner? I would love to hear what you have to say. Uh, follow the podcast at Unwatchable with Chloe Rodriguez on Instagram. Follow me at Cuckoo for Cloclo Puffs. And if you liked this episode, please go support my other episodes and perhaps other episodes in the series when it became unwatchable because I love doing these episodes for you. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.